Good afternoon and welcome to Esports Connected. Today we have an exciting guest, Mark Almanzar. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the show. Hello, Megan. Excited to be here. Oh, we're so we're so glad to have you. Um, you are really the man behind so much magic, and I'm excited to have you on the show to you know to just share with the world um, about how patient you've been with the topic gaming and fundraising. We have a lot to cover today. So uh, tell us, how did you get started in esports? Oh, esports. Well, it actually started uh, when I was much younger and I was following the StarCraft championships in Korea. And Korea, I think, is one of the big pioneers in esports. They were selling out stadiums in Seoul while this was still like, a little bit of a thought here in America. Right. And, um, you know, I don't understand Korean, but I understand StarCraft. And it was just so compelling watching people watch these players play at such a high elite level. Yeah. So tell me, what year was that? Is, is it okay? Is it safe to ask? Oh, I think I might be dating myself, but it was like in the That's 90s, okay. <laughs> late 90s. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so you were there. You were actually in Korea. Oh, no, I was, it was, um, I was in the Philippines. Okay. And I was watching, you know, uh, I guess a pirated feed. <laughs> there, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, all right. For those of you that that don't know, um, you are literally a fundraising guru. You you bring fundraising and gaming. I, I think by trade, you're just a fisherman. One of the most patient people in the world, you know. <laughs> you. Um, it's not until you literally go to an esports event mm -hmm. physically, in my opinion, that you actually get it. It's just Absolutely. like nothing truly I've ever seen. And I'm just a girl from Chicago. Um, you know, so I've been to the Wrigley, I've been to the Sox, I've been to the Bears, I've been, you know, <laughs> I've been to the mall. And there is nothing like worlds, majors, uh, just on it's 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 just it's unbelievable so it's very cool that you know not to date you but I have to because you were you're an OG <laughs> I guess you could say so yeah <laughs> so you you were so take us take us back and then take us to your next step so then what sure I mean you know I found work in nonprofit and about six years ago I was at another job and someone said, hey, you should go watch this event. It was called Summer Games Done Quick. It was um, a speedrunning event. So for people who don't know what speedrunning is, it's people who try to finish a game really fast. And uh, it was all on, it was televised on Twitch. And so I thought, oh, that's great. Let me go watch it. What I didn't know was that it was a fundraising event as well as a speedrun event. And when I saw uh, the event happen on Twitch, I was like, wow. This is something we can do with our current nonprofit because this is engaging an audience that for years traditional nonprofits have had difficulty reaching, you know, very young audience. Um, our traditional donor profile is someone in their 60s, 70s, you know, who gives maybe $25, $50 a year. So this is a new territory for a lot of nonprofits. And I was so intrigued um, because it was Doctors Without Borders who was. Uh, benefiting from this event and so I thought wow this is great some organization really was open-minded enough 
to try a fundraising event through video gaming. And so interestingly, I tried to uh, bring this up to our development department. I created a presentation. I thought this would be compelling, but people still didn't understand. They, they just didn't understand why people would give while watching someone play a game, you know? And I think what gets missed is it's not about the money necessarily. It's about the community of people that are watching. It's like with esports, the people who are invested in a player or a team, it's just like, you know, whether you're watching, you know, the New York Excelsior and Overwatch or the New York Yankees in baseball, it's that same level of personal investment. And that's what makes you want to support. And I think uh, uh, my colleagues at the time just couldn't grasp that because they didn't get that analogy, you know? Uh, it's because it defies many models of fundraising. Uh, anyway, so a year later, uh, Doctors Without Borders had an opening and it wasn't about streaming, gaming, but I wanted to be a part of the organization because I knew they had a team that does this. And so when I came on board, uh, I still remember my interview was, you know, one of the questions was, what programs are you interested in? And I was like, hey, I think what you're doing around the world is awesome. But tell me more about how you raise money through video gaming. I think that stuck with the panel. And um, I've been able to work with our current uh, gaming fundraising team since then. So it's been a, a really fun journey. What a great story. And a couple reasons why I love the story. One is you were inspired to see the fundraising and community. And I always tell people, I love fundraising. I love asking people for money because first of all, I never ask people for money for any other reason, but to help both ways. They feel good giving it and the people feel good receiving it. And I think the average person just forgets how good you feel giving back so simply. The minute you do let go and give, there's just a feeling that is indescribable. All right, that's point number one. That's why I love selling sponsorships too, because not only do both people feel good, the giving and the recipient, there's actually value, hopefully ROI to the sponsor. You're mm -hmm. creating even greater goodness. So I'm, I like that as well. Um, Cause fundraising is fun. Oh my gosh. Selling sponsors, selling solutions and selling, you know, business wins to people is just one of the things I absolutely love and people can't believe it. But when you just reframe you know, yes. the transaction of the money. Another thing that I thought was really brilliant is while people are in community, like you and me right now, I feel better this very second that we're together, two or more. I mean, it's just proven we need each other. So here we are in a community watching a game we're all enjoying. It's a perfect time to give. Mm -hmm. And it's such a great platform. You know, there's been a a lot of, um, you know, oh, the internet's this, or, you know, being online's that, or gaming is this. Well, why don't we talk about gaming for good? You yes. know, doctors without borders. The third thing I love about what you said was the current situation you were in was not ready. Mm -hmm. And you didn't make them wrong. You just went to the people that were. Mm -hmm. So why, you know, like, just keep moving. 
You know, this is our life. This is our story to tell. So for those three reasons, like, oh my goodness, this is going to be a great show. For those of you that are just tuning in, this is it, man. You're also (laughs) a project manager. So tell me about like how your education, the management of the project. I mean, I know you do a little bit of coding. You are the one-stop shop and you do consulting. So you'll help others that are looking to have new ways of creating funds around, you know, their legacies. Yeah, um, let me break that down because there's a lot going on there. (laughs) So project management, um, it's been really helpful because especially when you work at an organization, the scale of Doctors Without Borders, there's a ton of things and you have to be able to compartmentalize and work with different people from different backgrounds, different opinions and get them all to accomplish you know, a mutual goal. And I actually take that when I do my charity streaming on Twitch with other organizations, because there's similar models of project management. You have to, you know, marshal together a bunch of streamers who want to raise the money for this organization, schedule it out, you know, manage expectations, and, you know, support them throughout. So a lot of the methodology for my uh, project management goes hand in hand with my, you know, independent streaming fundraising activities. Um, and I opened a consultancy uh, last year uh, for two reasons. One, um, I, I actually didn't mention this before, but uh, my dad had passed away and he was an entrepreneur and he had always wanted me to own my own business. And I thought, well, I guess now is the goodest time as any. And I wanted to launch something that would really marry together my personal and professional you know, ambitions. And I noticed there's a big gap still in knowledge uh, between um, gaming, especially in esports, uh, and fundraising. And I wanted to create something that would help bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. And so that's what my uh, MGA fundraising is all about, is trying to bridge that gap and uh, make it so that, as you said before, reframe the conversation. So it's not just transactional, but there's meaning behind working together, partnering with um, gaming organizations as well as nonprofits. Well, you know, I am sorry to hear about your dad. Um, These are just defining moments in our life that really bring us to take a deep look at who we are and what we've been given and what we can give back. And um, yeah, there, you know, we only have one mom and we only have one dad. And if we're lucky enough, we have siblings and um, a partner, and if we're even luckier, we have children. So, you know, like I can understand that rawness. My my dad also passed away. Now, I I, I would like to ask, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, was it leukemia? Uh, n- no, um, it was complications from COVID, actually. Oh, okay, yeah. understood. Previously been a cancer survivor of prostate and colon, and I think um just that surviving that kind of just weakened him so that when covid set in it was just very hard yes yeah covid um has been such a awakening for so many and i think that as much of you know a dark dark time it was for many like it brought us back to what what's really important, yeah. you know, is yeah. working the midnight hours really as important as, hey, can we cut back and, you know, maybe, you know, get get a little more centered and, you know, what, um, what, what our legs and our legacies are going to be all about. 
I bring up leukemia because I was astounded to see that you raised a hundred thousand oh, dollars in a 10 week campaign. So, um, um, obviously your inspiration and you are consulting, you know, around your dad's, um, in honor of your father, mm -hmm. uh, was a wonderful, uh, success for you. Uh, congratulations. And Thank I'm you. so happy that we're able to share about that, uh, successful campaign. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the congratulations and eventually ends up with uh, the, the person who I was helping raise money for, um, my friend Shishi Hu, who was uh, nominated as a, a Leukemia Lymphoma Society Visionary of the Year. And wow. to qualify for that, she needed to raise X amount of money. And this is actually where the gaming actually gets tied in. We met through Twitch when I was raising money for Extra Life. And she messaged me one day and I said, hey, I know you have a background in fundraising. You want to help me with this? So I said, sure. Um, and there was a mixed campaign. We didn't just do gaming. We did, you know, live events. We did mail, direct, you know, email, direct mail, you know, traditional fundraising as well. That's why we were able to raise as much money because we put everything that I knew into a 10-week campaign. So it was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. Yes, yes. And for such a great cause. Um, yeah. Congratulations to you and your whole team. Of course, it's the efforts of many to have a success like that. Absolutely. So that that's incredible. What, you know, what's on the horizon? What do people need to know about fundraising that they, you know, um, might not know? Because like, I'll just say for me, I've been doing fundraising and sponsorship my whole career. Mm -hmm. I've not done much. Um, we do at our event, Esports Next, um, we, we do some, some fundraising, an impact fund, some level up. But boy, of that magnitude is just so exciting. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, 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 I multi ask you lots of questions. I was at a, I know, I, I, I'm present to how much I'm packing in. I was at a wedding reception. Mm -hmm. I was at a table with my godchild who was actually participating in a fundraiser during the reception and showing me on, you know, on the mobile device right there. It yeah. was just incredible. And I keep saying, I got to go take a bigger look at this. I got to take a deeper dive. So dive us in. I think on the horizon is actually why I'm here. Um, Esports. Yeah. Um, one of the great opportunities I had was going to TwitchCon this past year. I got to meet with a lot of uh, content creators, studios, and uh, other folks who work with nonprofits, as well as my colleagues in the industry. And they've all said, you know, I wish we had a better approach to esports, you know, for in terms of fundraising, uh, because esports has a lot of um, advantages that, you know, a lot of, uh, let's say, DIY streamers don't really have. You already have infrastructure. They have the organization, the teams, the sponsors, the schedules, the events all lined up. I think the main challenge then is how do we align uh, an esports theater team or organization as a whole, like a league, uh, with an organization that you know ties to their beliefs? Like who do they, who can we match them to to support so that it's a meaningful partnership? Um, and it's still kind of a a puzzle again, which is why I joined ESTA. I wanted to learn more about how uh, the, the dynamics of esports works on the back end. Um, so that I can look for ways to, you know, cultivate these kind of opportunities with nonprofit organizations. So well, that's wow. a big, big part of it. Yeah. 
It is. And I'm, I'm so excited that you, you know, you opened your own consultancy along with your day job. Um, (laughs) if you, I mean, why not? If you're passionate, if you're passionate, why not open up the highway to your passion and help others? And, you know, if it, it, tell me, you know, there, I, I, I meet a lot of people that, you know, are in their day job, but want to do something. And I was like, do both. both, It's like cake or ice cream at a birthday party. You know, it's both, you know? Yeah, no, that's why I laughed. It's because I like, like you said, why not do both? Okay. (laughs) As long as you have the time. And I think that's the big challenge for me is balancing the day job with the consultancy with family, you know, uh, and my own Twitch streams. Uh, But, you know, that's not a bad problem to have when you think about it. It's a lot of I mean, let's be honest, a lot of fun things to, to juggle around, you know. Um, I mean, eventually, though, I may, I'll, I'll want to move into my, cons- invest more time in the consulting firm uh, full time, you know. Um, I just feel like I need a little more experience with my day job and to feel comfortable just breaking away clean, you know. And I'll tell you this, when you go to your day job and let them know, about how your consultancy has grown. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of 10, they ask you to put together a proposal for them. Yeah. So they often become your biggest client or one of your best clients and you know so much. So why clean break it? Why not create the win-win all the way out the door? Um, and I And I always encourage people to do that. And here's why, because you don't want to be not putting in your fair day's work for your day job. And if you're putting in your fair day work for your day job, they're going to ask you to create a a proposal on your way out when you're building your consultancy, which is your dream, which is your legacy, which is your honor to your father um, or partially, Um, you know? So I always suggest that keep your, don't burn your bridges. They're your highways to your success inspirational I didn't even thought about it that way that's awesome thank you well boy my pleasure I just (laughs) love business for a lot of people that don't know when I was little I wanted to be a businesswoman for Halloween my mom (laughs) did you get like I just love winning winning partnerships so much um that yeah um you know you're going to be spread thin you're going to have to scale because you haven't even touched the surface That's and right. now you have case studies, mm-hmm. you know, so it, I'm really excited for your consultants and consultancy. And I'm so excited that you're a member of the esports trade association <laughs> and that you're coming to esports next and yes. helping us with our current initiatives. Um, you know, I will self-admittedly admit that we we don't do the fundraising we could and should for our not-for-profits that are members, which is our Level Up Fund, and our Impact Fund, which is keeping us going, you know, so we can have more opportunities for people like yourself and to do more things. And um, it, it's just, a, a, for us, a matter of fine-tuning our message, working with partners like yourself, you know, um, to create more and more programs and, you know, make the world a better place. (laughs) One gamer at a time. Exactly. One gamer at a time. You know, and I admire the fact that you do have like the level up fund. And these are the kind of things that you, the organization is thinking of 
of, of supporting because it, in the end it's supporting your community. Yes, yeah. yes. And our boy, our community has really grown too. I'm <laughs> so we get about 200 people a month that reach out to the association and follow us and inquire. Of the 200, I would say more than half are not in the United States. Oh, wow. I never realized we would be as international as we are. It's amazing. Do you know uh, where the concentration lies? Is it in, among Spanish speaking the, countries, Asia? At first it was uh, England. Mm. That was maybe about, about two years ago. Um, oh, you know, Brazil, Brazil, yes. you know, at first this, mm. and, and I was like, oh my goodness, there's so, and that's when I said, we have to change our mission. We, we have to say international because now it's even more than half. Yeah. Um, and these are just my rough numbers. Um, I, I'm sure we have exact stats, sure. <laughs> but boy, um, Dubai lately has been um Saudi Arabia Saudi Arabia um I'm I'm just giving you some general uh guesstimates mm-hmm. um but what I love about that and this is the first for me is the reach yeah it, it's so um it's so vast mm. well yeah gaming is universal and uh yeah, it, it, it's only going to grow. <laughs> That's right. It's so interesting to me. Um, and maybe it would be cool if you shared. I read um, about what inspired you to go to TwitchCon was meeting your friends on Twitch and then physically meeting them. Yes. Tell me about that. <laughs> it was almost surreal because, um, I mean, we, we, we were in COVID times for years, right? And we met so many people virtually online. We formed close bonds. And then to actually get the opportunity to meet them in person at an event catered to, you know, our our people, our community, our gamers. Um, it was just an amazing experience. And, you know, interestingly, when we, when we met, we didn't even talk about games. We just asked about each other, you know, how, how yeah. was your family? How, you know, how are things going here, you know? Um, and I think that helped you forge our bonds even closer. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm not joking when I said, you know, we, you meet friends for life, you know, through gaming. <laughs> uh, I, I'm with you. Um, yeah. I, I, I've never seen anything like this. Now, I'm going to go back and this will date myself as well. I've been doing industry events for decades. There is nothing like this community. Nothing. Um, Because we're together all year, really. Connecting, playing, um, working. And And then we get together at these events and it's just so powerful it's almost like there's no difference. When I met John Davidson physically for the first time, it felt literally no different than seeing him on Zoom for Mm -hmm. whatever it was. Absolutely. No one could believe we had just met physically for the first time an hour ago when we got in our Uber to go to Ignite Gaming Chicago uh, chapter launch. And we had just only physically met, but we had been working like at least for a year together or something. Wow. 
I mean, yeah. on, on a professional level, um, there are folks I met at a different conference many years ago when we first started talking about and learning about, uh, you know, linking fundraising with gaming. You know, we, we were all so new to the world and it was great to be able to talk to one another about it. So when I got to meet them again in TwitchCon and see how they've taken their nonprofit fundraising programs along in the, in the gaming space, you know, I felt really, really good, really validated to know that the ideas that we had discussed are actually being implemented. Um, but I think nonprofit as well can do a lot more. I think there's a lot of potential and, um, you know, opportunities to meet like at TwitchCon is uh, unbeatable because that's where we all are, not just nonprofit industry colleagues, but the content creators you want to work with. I just have to tell you the funniest story. I sure. was at, I was, I was meeting last week, Saturday with my priest at Holy Name Cathedral. Mm. And I showed him TikTok, <laughs> the power of TikTok. Yes. And at first, you know, I, I said, you know, I have to just share this with you. Now he's retiring uh -huh. this year. He is, you know, so he's up in his years. And I said, I do this online um, Bible study. I've been in, um, I've been on TikTok for a week. <laughs> Let, can I just show you the power of connecting? And in one week, I was able to show him on my phone, a screenshot of like at least 20 or 30,000 people that liked my messages. Wow. And he couldn't believe it. Um, and I said, so what's, let me just show you what I did in a week. What's your thought? And he, he, he said, you know, typically we think of the internet, like we, him being yeah. much older. I can't, I don't even know what the age is that they retire, but he's, if not retired, he's almost retired. Yeah. Um, he said, typically we think of the internet as like, not where like good happens mm. or TikTok per, per se. And I said, but look at how thirsty people are. Now, this is me just introducing a study of the Bible just because it's a hobby of mine. Right. All right. That was profound for him. Then he said, well, Based on biblical literature, literature, Jesus would have gone where the people are. That's right. So he said, do more. This is astounding. Then he went on to say, now, if you went and showed Cardinal this, I think he would be onto it. But if you told him, hey, Cardinal, let's get you on TikTok, he would say, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he'd probably be So thinking, there's these. Yeah. There's these hoops, there's these perceptions, and all of it can be turned into a story, yes. into a relation. Like now when someone says, hey, father, TikTok, you know, he might be a little more open. And it's just one person at a time, one story at a time, one case study at a time. I've only been on it a week. I'm no pro. I was practicing. But don't you don't have, I think the fact that you're not a pro is what makes it appealing. That kind of organic, what we call it, organic content is, is what draws people in because they know it's not a setup production. It's an actual person 
expounding on something that they really believe in. And I think that's what resound resonates, you know, with, with the, the people who view your video. It's amazing, right? Yeah. Just, um, it was a, it was a small test and this is obviously the first time I'm sharing it because I was inspired to, to learn a little bit yeah. more and have accountability and community because it's like January 1st, what am I going to do? So I did it. Uh, and that was, th that was my goal this year. Just I'm more successful in community. And I think we all are. So, uh, yeah, it couldn't have been more, um, trial and error. And it was just so fun to show, you know, show this little story. And I think that, you know, that is what you're really onto something, you know, adventuring new territory, exploring and enrolling these incredible associations and not-for-profits and foundations, you know, how they can get more uh, bottom line for their missions. I mean, I love sharing with people that I like creating funds for community. It's just, if you start like reshaping that conversation, people kind of look at you like, are you kidding me? wait, you like raising money? You like asking people for money? <laughs> you like giving? <laughs> it's almost like we were taught not to talk about money. Yeah. And it's what makes the world go round. <laughs> you know, what's funny was uh, the way I, <laughs> the way I raise money on my live streams, we, we provide, I provide incentives. Sometimes it's like a prize. Other times it's like, I have to do something funny uh, in exchange for someone to donate like $5. Right. And for me, I, I've raised about $7,000 myself. And I would say about three quarters of that was from $5 donations asking me to eat what we call a bean boozle jelly bean. I don't know if you know what these oh are. They're jelly beans that have one of two flavors, one good, one bad, but you don't know until you eat it. Oh, funny. And so People just love to see my face when I eat like a uh, terrible, ter terrible jelly bean. It's really offbeat and it doesn't make sense, but it works. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that story. Um, you know, I remember when those jelly bellies came out mm -hmm. and, and it was just so fun guessing yeah. the flavors yeah. and the weirdness of the flavors. <laughs> it, it gets weird. It does get weird. It does get weird. I saw that in your meeting notes and I had no idea what you were talking about. That's hilarious. Did you come up with that idea yourself? Uh, no, it's, it's actually something I, I, you know, I'm not ashamed to say I copied from someone else. I think what makes it interesting when I do my charity streams with it um, is there, I have a little spinner so that I, it tells people like what color I'm going to pick. You know, so it's oh highly randomized, gosh. you know, um, it, and it, it just, yeah, you know, one, sometimes I'll get a good one and I'm like, great. Other times I'll get one that tastes like, I don't know, laundry detergent. And it's like, oh, and <laughs> oh my God. When we were young, we used to play cover your eyes and taste the food or taste yeah. drinks, you know, um, you should consider reaching out to one of the manufacturers of the candy as a sponsorship. Oh. Um, 
I mean, really, because it's funny. And, um, especially if you could get the wheel that would show the bean, you know, the jelly beans with their company logo there. And that's one of the things that I, I feel really comfortable with is creatively thinking about sponsorship ideas, because that's a win for them. Imagine how many streamers and how many broadcasters it's clean, old fashioned, hysterical fun that we've all done. It's yeah. like a box of chocolate. Like I can't, I, I don't even take a bite because bad chocolates just stink. Just, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's just harder to do than those jelly beans. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sorry, chocolate companies. <laughs> I don't play. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's a great idea. Um, you know what? That's an, a, another great reason to be part of this association, learning more about how to pitch properly. Sure. And actually, I don't even think there's a way to pitch properly. How I do it, I do it like like I do lots of things, like my TikTok adventure. Um, And I'll tell you what, Mark, showing the priest that was one of the most, I'll never forget it as long as I live. Um, But what I do then when I come up with that idea is then just Google or I, I like to LinkedIn. So I LinkedIn yeah. the manufacturer of the jelly bean. And then I like kind of like connect with some of their key people. And then I kind of like follow like what, what they're talking about and what's important to them. Hmm. And then, you know, just start to build up on the relationship, like their stuff, send a few comments about, you know, what, you know, whatever it is that's important to them that lights my Christmas tree (laughs) and then then make, and then make the connection and compliment them and then like share what I'm up to and which takes a while. It probably takes a season or two or whatever, but I'd rather really know like that we're aligned. It's a good connection. I could provide value. Um, But who doesn't get a good old fashioned laugh about eating (laughs) A, a jelly bean that you don't know and you have to guess the flavor I mean it's just too, one of the things I used to love doing is give people like not what they think like when you when you're hiking and drink a water and then yeah. it's seven up it's just like it's it's like offensive <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that reaction though. yeah what are some other clever ways that you've done to raise because that those little five dollars really mm-hmm. add up that, they absolutely that's do. like a ticket to paradise. Those hundred grand sponsorships just aren't around like they used to be. The yeah. big ones I'm seeing now, like your grand finale, big daddies for, you know, your average person is like around that 25K comfort zone. But those $5 add up. Yeah, absolutely. I'm. It's an iterative process trying to figure out what incentives work for folks. Um, I've had some success with in-kind donations. I would just apply to uh, like my local Target or Dunkin' Donuts for a gift card, you know, that would would get people interested so they get into a raffle. Um, But I have this funny raffle (laughs) app on my computer that makes it very, very fun. So it's not just like, you know, the the wheel, the lottery wheel. It's like rock music, it's in space. And then there's a monster that comes out if you don't claim your prize. just, just again, it's all part of making fundraising fun, right? Um, yes. So it's, yeah, gift cards. Uh, I also have started uh, sending out like just handwritten notes to people. And that's been something that's been impactful for folks too. 
I love it. I was so excited to hear that when you did your $100,000 raise with your uh, team for the Leukemia Association, that you use that multimedia approach because it does work. Good old fashioned. Oh my gosh. I have three cards on my desk. I'm sending out today that, you know, I just send these random thoughts, phone calls. Hey, do you have a minute? Can we set something up? It's just so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in love with multimedia. You know, that's why I tested TikTok. I love, I would have never thought I would be doing a podcast. Like who would think like, right. oh my goodness, I can't even tell you that journey, that journey, but I will someday. <laughs> um, yeah, we should explore some ways um, that we could work together and do some fun fundraising. That Absolutely. is- that is a great uh, coined term, um, fun fundraising. Um, it sounds like it sounds like you're going to be our fun fundraiser in our community. And uh, what? So tell us what's on. What's what's coming? What's going on? What should we be on the lookout for? Well, a lot's in planning, so I'm not sure if it'll pan out. But my uh, what I'd love to do this year is when I delve into esports, is get in touch with my alma maters. So I went to school at Rutgers for undergrad Seton Hall for, for grad school. I know they have very active esports teams. I'd love to get them on an event, uh, whether it be for Doctors Without Borders or another organization that they would love to work with, just connecting um, at that level. Because that way, you look, we have uh, universities. I know they have clubs that are dedicated to yeah. fundraising. Um, mm-hmm. Get them together with their esports team and then link up with a nonprofit. And that's uh, that's one of my big initiatives this year is just working on the college esports scene along with fundraising. Wow. Wow. Well, so how can people get a hold of you? So we can go on my website. It's mgafundraisingllc.com or you can email me at markalmanzor at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear from folks. Absolutely. And, and I have some introductions to absolutely make. So um, welcome to our community. It's a pleasure to have you as a, a member. Uh, you truly are a great nonprofit professional. And um, you specialize in major gifts, direct marketing, online giving, project manager. Um, oh, wow, you're proficient in SQL, you're a programmer, and most importantly, you truly have a passion for fundraising and keeping it fun. Um, until next time, thank you so much for joining us, Mark. Thank you very much for having me, Megan. Look forward to the next time as well. <laughs>